This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. This is Jeff Gobb here at PWG for Tremendous, I don't even know the name of the show, but you're listening to Busted Wide Open. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome everybody back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. This is episode number 98 I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and joining me today once more is the lovely Judith Brooke. Welcome back to the show, Judith Brooke. Thank you, Sir Ian Dangerous. Happy to be here again. We're hoping to have Nick back soon. Uh, I know he's somewhere in North Carolina getting settled in. He's in a hotel somewhere, yes. If you're if you're part of our Facebook discussion group for Busted Wide Open, uh, he's giving us updates over there. Uh, Nick currently currently not co-hosting the show due to technical difficulties. He's having some trouble getting some adequate uh, Wi-Fi, I guess, in his hotel room where he's staying. If you're not part of our Facebook discussion group, go on over to Facebook and join us up there. It's a lot of fun. We have a lot of great discussions there as well as posting funny memes to amuse each other. We talk about events live, uh, and it's a great hub for this program. So uh, join us over there. Also, if you'd like to tweet us, we are on Twitter at BWO Podcast. And uh, please help support the show. We do have a Patreon. It's at patreon.com forward slash BWO. Just a couple of bucks a month can help get, uh, this show continue to run at the uh, level of quality to which you are all accustomed. And you can get f- cool stuff like show notes. You can ask questions of the show. Uh, and you can get a free episode. Once a month, we do a bonus episode. And for a couple bucks a month, you can get that as well. It's a great way to show your love. If you're getting something out of this podcast, then give a little something back. Absolutely. And also, we're on YouTube. So go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash busted wide open. Normally, we do this show live, unfortunately, due to, to some technical difficulties uh, with Nick's moving. We, uh, we are not doing it live right now. We will be back live on YouTube within the next week or two. And you can find us over there as well as all of our past episodes as well so check us out on youtube make sure you hit the subscribe button and the little bell to let you get notified when we update new shows so judith brooke let's get right into this let's do it we are we are building up to crown jewel mostly it seems to be wwe programming is building towards crown jewel right now and evolution and evolution but uh, yeah it seems like they're they're more focused on crown jewel right now definitely this week there were a lot of mentionings of that yeah and then uh also they have they have a couple of decent storylines kind of bubbling underneath the hype train and uh, we also had smackdown 1000 1000 episodes of smackdown Ah. live 
And it was kind of, I, I'm not going to lie, I thought it was kind of an uneven ride this week, this show. It had some ups and downs, uh, some parts that were just very quick and like, what the hell was that? Gone, it's gone. Yeah. And other parts where it was a really good, nice, long segment. But definitely worth talking about. We've also got to talk about some stuff that happened over on Impact. The Mae Young Classic had its uh, quarterfinals this week, NXT, and a ton more. So we got to get right into the show and head over and talk about the big news. So if you've been paying attention to the news, you know that WWE has gotten itself into some hot water over Crown Jewel. Yeah, the, well, it's Saudi Arabia in general is kind of a bit of a, a, a hot hot point right now with the uh, the recent murder of uh, the uh, the Washington Post journalist yes. whose name I'm going to just absolutely wreck. But as I think I think if I pronounce it correctly, it's like Hashoji. I think is his last name, but he was uh, apparently, uh, from all accounts, brutally murdered in the Saudi uh, embassy in Turkey. And there's a, a, if you're following the news at all right now, there's a lot of problems going on with that, um, a lot of controversy, and the U.S. is being looked at, and we're we're now the U.S. is questioning whether they should be involved with the Saudis as much as they are financially. And a lot of prominent business people are pulling out of Saudi investments, and and there's a business conference that was coming up that everyone's pulling out of. Uh, and WWE is now getting heat for being involved with Crown Jewel. Yeah, they were called out by the New York Times and John Oliver for not pulling the show out of Saudi Arabia. Yeah, uh, the last week tonight did a whole segment on Saudi Arabia, and specifically because of this, and they called out WWE by name as being uh, a propagator of propaganda for uh, Saudi Arabia with their like the last event, Royal, Greatest Royal Rumble. They played stuff from that where they were basically just you know blowing the saudis for for how progressive they were right and progressive progress right progressive renee young is not going to be commentating at the crown jewel because she won't be allowed in the yeah. to do so so we'll see how progressive it is but um yeah from what we understand at this point the show is going to go on crown jewel will go on they're not going to bow to the controversy ww isn't unless uh, unless the state department uh, or President Trump says so themselves, unless they like specifically say you cannot do this. That's going to go ahead. So, what right, do you think the chances are of that happening? Uh, slim to none. Agreed. Uh, obviously, we don't want to get political on this show. Just st- sticking straight to the facts. Um, they're asking the Saudi government right now to self-investigate and come back with a, a investigation as quickly as possible. So it's going to happen before Crown Jewel is going to happen. But um, you know, all indications are that the Saudis will say, "Oh, there's, this is what really happened, and it wasn't us." And uh, the United States will continue with its relationship with Saudi Arabia, and so will the WWE as a result as well. But uh, from a you know, just from a perception, a public perception standpoint, here in the U.S., it could be a bit of a PR nightmare for WWE, which is really, I think, what the biggest story here is. Is mm-hmm. look, let's let's face it, Crown Jewel is probably going to go on. Right. Yeah. It's just how would the fallout is going to be with WWE's public perception, and they've they've had PR issues in the past, but they've always seemed to be kind of Teflon, uh, and I don't think this one's any different, especially because they did set up a little bit of a bulwark with Evolution being right before it. Right. So, so yeah, I think I think that's the uh, that's the biggest thing. Although I don't know if you noticed this week they they didn't say Saudi Arabia a lot. On WWE TV. No, they didn't. There was a whole lot of crown jewel, but no mention of where it was taking place. Yeah, not a lot of it. So I think they may already be do- trying to do a little bit of damage control 
uh, or a little razzle dazzle. Uh, yeah. Look over here. Slide a hand. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Well, that's it for the big news. Let's head over and talk about Monday Night Raw. So Monday Night Raw this week, we start off with the shield and the dogs of war. As you like to call them. Again. Well, it's the easiest thing to call them. Yeah, it is the easiest thing. I mean, they don't really officially call themselves that, which I think is a missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know? I just want to clarify so the people know who are like, what, who are the dogs of war? Drew McIntyre, Dolph Ziggler, and Braun Strowman. That's there you who I'm, go. That's who I'm referring to. They came out at the top of the show and uh, basically said the same old thing. Ah, we told you about... Uh, about Seth, about uh, Dean Ambrose, he was not on the same page as Seth Rollins and and Roman Reigns. Like he's, we're we're gonna split up the Shield. Ha ha. We broke him at the end of last week. Isn't yeah. it great? Aren't we great? I believe they said they shattered the Shield. There you go. That thank you for the. For the You're welcome for that alliteration. Yeah, they had to get the right alliteration there. Exactly. So they said that they had shattered the Shield, and out comes mm-hmm. Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns to say, "No, you didn't." He didn't shudder us at all. Dean's not here because he's on on lunatic time. Ha ha ha! Uh, and this all ended up in in, uh, in Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre having a match, which was a World Cup qualifier match. They're having yeah. a, a World Cup for quote to determine who quote the best in the world is. <laughs> um, I think according to him, it's still CM Punk, but that's just a speculation. Uh, so this was a, a a World Cup qualifier match. And uh, as you as you would expect, uh, Ambrose did run out during this match. He was on lunatic time, but he ended up showing up because Ziggler got involved as well. Of course, he did. You know, yeah, lots better of all, late than never. All the interference, and at the end, helped Seth win. So Dean once again showing that he's in tune with the Shield. Well, the story of this whole show is: is he or isn't he? Is he or isn't he in, to, in tune with the Shield? And this is the same thing we've had for the last couple of weeks. Are you starting to feel a little sick of the Dean Ambrose is here is anything at this point? I don't know if I'm sick of it. I'm just a little confused by it. Confused how? Because he's showing us all with his actions that he's with the shield, mm-hmm. but then, you know, he's getting all pouty and whatnot. I'm just like, <laughs> which one is it? It's one not pouty, or the other. it's edgy. He's being edgy. Oh, my bad. Edgy, edgy Ambrose. Definitely took that as pouty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting for the moment of climax here. Yeah, it does seem like they're dragging it out just a little bit, uh, teasing us one way and then giving us another way. For example, he, you know, he, like you said, he did kind of walk away from Seth and, and Roman in the middle of the show. You know, he, he took offense to say, to Seth saying lunatic time. Yes, you know, he seems like he's going through a bit of a a, a, a late teens thing. crisis. He's going know. through a thing. I will say, I am very happy to see him pop up every time he does to save the day. Yeah, it, well, it's Dean. He's he's. I like new Dean. I like yeah. murder, death, kill Dean. Ever since he came back from injury, he's been a really fun, interesting character. He's much more intense. His move set is a lot more intense. He's not doing the stupid rebound lariat anymore. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of stuff that I'm liking about his character. The question is where they're going with it. Are they continuously teasing a Dean Ambrose heel turn uh, because they eventually want to give us a reason to have him turn heel, or is it a diversion? Because later in the show, we not only had a uh, a Dean Ambrose versus Dolph Ziggler match, which Dean ended up losing because Seth kind of messed up his timing, messed him up with his interference. Uh, and then Dean got angry and shoved Seth, and Seth shoved Dean, and Roman came out to play Peacemaker. But at the end of the show, 
you had Baron Corbin book the same main event as last week, which was a three-on-three, the Dogs of War, for lack of a better better <laughs> term, okay? The Dogs of War versus the Shield. And we had the same thing happen again where there was all kinds of confusion at the end, but Dean ends up picking up the win. But this time, there was even more of a, of a strife in the Dogs of War where Drew McIntyre ends up giving the Claymore kick to Braun Strowman afterwards yes. and then stalks off. Well, once accidentally and then once on purpose. Right, yeah, no, exactly. And earlier in the show, you know, we had them had uh, some some tension between them mm-hmm. when they were all talking. So I think it's a bit of a diversionary thing to have this Dean heel turn and then the real turn is going over on the dogs of war. That's a good point. And I'm not sure which one is the, they might not even know. Right. which is the one that they're actually going to go with. They're just kind of testing the waters. Although they definitely seem like if there's someone that's going to turn on, on the Dogs of War, it's, it's Drew McIntyre. Is it crazy to think, what if Drew McIntyre and Dean Ambrose team up in the future? It's not at all. And, and I think the idea of a double turn has been floated in the idea of... The, I don't know about the two of them going off and forming their own little thing. I don't know if that's been floated, but that would be cool. I just don't know if they're willing to... That, that seems like a big push for both of those guys. You never know. You know, you don't ever know. But I, at the same time, I don't really think either of them would benefit from being in a team anymore. They're so, both big singles guys. Speaking of singles guys, uh, how do you think this is working out right now for Seth and Roman, well, like as individuals? Yeah, no, that's a great question too, is that, you know, looking at Seth, I think this is cooling him off a lot. Like think about how hot he was. Yeah. Before this whole shield dogs angle started, right? Before Most the, over guy in WWE. Easily. If not or him or AJ, right? And yep. then now it's, he's still over, but not to the level that he was. And I wonder how much this is going to take the shine off of him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a good thing for Roman because he's not getting booed as hard anymore and he's kind of faded into the background a little bit yeah which is seems to be the best thing for him right now it is and it's the best thing frankly for tv yeah as far as as a viewer let the hate cool off a little bit and it's which is funny because he's got a you know he's got a championship match coming up and we hear a little bit about it here and there we had paul bear you know uh, paul Heyman, paul bear paul Heyman come (laughs) out and promote it but it's really not being it's not the center of attention anymore yeah it's not being shoved down our throats no there's no but what's interesting is there's no belts that are really important in any of these feuds right now and yet all the belts are on one of these six guys and which is i think is a real disservice to the belts they're trying to make this whole feud more important even though the belts aren't involved in it match wise by keeping them on all these guys so i think that it's it's not good for the belts and it's not good for Seth, mm-hmm. but it's it's good for a few, and it's not really good for Braun either because Braun hasn't really been as interesting. He's there and he's dominant, but he's not yeah. like the, you know the 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 lone monster. I think it's definitely doing way more for Drew than yeah. it is for Braun, I th- which I think might be the intention. Yeah. Is, is have it be good for Drew? I'm ready for that guy to shoot to the top. Yeah. Oh, I th- I think a lot of people are. I think he has every po- every possibility and ability to be the next the guy. So, fingers crossed. Agreed. So moving on, we had the Bellas and Ronda Rousey. Uh, the Bellas had to explain their actions from last week from betraying Ronda Rousey so heinously, which you know no one ever uh, saw coming except for drama. Every, or except for everybody. Uh, Ronda came out and I delivered sometimes a good promo and sometimes I thought a very stilted, awkward, scripted promo. Mm. But when she was good, it was like some of her best mic work think ever yeah i thought she was uh pretty endearing 
in a lot of parts of this. Yeah, I, I'm definitely liking her improvement on the mic. Um, and the Bellas did come out and to retort, of if you will. Um, but the thing I liked about this whole segment was how vicious some of these insult, these jabs got. Oh my gosh. Can Uh-oh. I just quote a couple? Please. Okay, so... Rhonda- <laughs> oh, you liked them that much? Okay. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Rhonda <laughs> got vicious. She told the Bella twins, you are the embodiment of a stereotype. Do nothing Bellas. Of course, changing the last word there to uh, yeah. be... Yeah. <laughs> family appropriate. Then she said, you leached off the names of your men. And then she told Nikki that the only door she ever knocked down was the one to John Cena's bedroom, which he then kicked her out of. Oh, burn. (laughs) Burn. See, I I also like the fact that uh, she identified them specifically with the divas movement. They actually identified themselves first. They said, yes. look, we were at the top of the divas movement. We defined the divas movement long before you came along. We meant that we made that mean something and there would be no evolution, women's evolution without the divas movement. And there's definitely, you could, you could see where they're coming from, but at the same time, that's also the biggest detriment against them. And I think, and Rhonda also picked on that was she was disgusted by what the divas era stood for. Absolutely. And so I thought it was a very, very strong statement from Rhonda. I, I thought it was interesting that they didn't let the Bellas go after Rhonda and some of her, you know, you could break kayfabe with her. You could push the fourth wall with her and some of mm-hmm. her real life stuff. And um, and it could it could definitely be a good back and forth. But I, th- I also know Rhonda's legit very sensitive about that stuff. So I don't know if that would have worked. But I will say this is that, yeah, with the quotes that you said about Rhonda and a lot of the back and forth here, this definitely built everything a lot more quickly and it definitely gave it much more of a personal vibe to this feud. Agreed. Um, And I think it was smart of them to call out the difference between the Divas era and what's happening now with the women's evolution. And I think, again, that's turning into the controversy. Because a lot of people make that distinction very clearly. Like there is a big difference between the two. And there's a reason why they changed it from the Divas title to the women's title in the middle of this evolution, quote unquote, because it was demonstratively, uh, you know, the Divas championship was demonstrably a, a more sexist uh, iconography on that belt. Absolutely. I mean, you know, just the name Diva. The D, then it's a butterfly. It's a butterfly belt in that whole thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I get it. And I think that that's a smart thing for them to do, especially when you have, you know, Nikki Bella, who is, as we've said on this show, just, you know, the epitome of a diva, not a ton of talent, bunch of looks, not that great in the mic, but, you know, she's easy on the eyes. She mm-hmm. can shake her booty. Uh, and then you have her. You know, across the the way from her, you have Ronda freaking Rousey, yes. who is one of the most you know elite combat fighters in the world. That's that's a really sharp distinction. Uh, and Absolutely, it, it's also worth noting here, and this is a bit of an interesting thing. Did you know that Ronda actually helped to write, if not completely scripted, her lines here? I was a fact, I didn't know that. a factoid I found out that I found very interesting. Not a lot of people are allowed to write their own promos. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the fact they're giving her that much freedom this early either could be because she was having trouble saying other people's words or it's maybe because when she says her own stuff, like when she went off here, the stuff that was good was really, really, really good. Oh, yeah, it felt really personal. So that yeah. makes complete sense that she helped write it herself. Yeah. And I wish that this was something that they would do more. Or I at was least- like, dang, they let her say that about their own brands. Oh, yeah. 
that's I, I think that and that's something that they're they're never above doing if it sells a story. <laughs> but uh, I think it's something they should do more often. Either have an individual writer for each superstar who has a major you know pr- promo or program going on. Uh, or let them have more say in their own promos. Like yeah. it does, it just always, it always sounds better when they're saying their own words. Agreed. And a lot of these people, you know, there's some, yeah, there's, are there some people who don't know how to write a promo? Of course. But a lot of the newer stars, especially the ones that came up through NXT, they took classes. They know how to write it, or they've been, they've been wrestling fans for decades. Yeah. They know. I was how to write just a about to say that. It is a skill that can be developed. Exactly. And it's something that they should develop if you really want a rounded superstar who's not going to be just a mouthpiece. I completely agree. They should, all of the superstars should be working on this in the performance center. Yeah, well, or they should be allowed to do it, uh, you know, on TV. Just uh, there's some people I don't know, like like AJ Styles. I think is another guy who, when he's given a scripted promo, it can just be awful. <laughs> he, he's not the greatest promo in the world, mm-hmm. but you give him his own words, he's way better. He's uh, way better. Who isn't? Yep. So. So speaking of the women, uh, we are having a women's battle royale at Evolution. That was also promoted. We had a, uh, a tag match, Nia Jax and Ember Moon versus Tamina Snuka, who came back. Uh, she lives. She's alive. She's still around. She's still, quote unquote, wrestling. Uh, and, Doing something. Uh, and uh, she was tagging up with Dana Brooke. And this match was basically just a way for them to promote the fact that we are having this battle royale at Evolution. They'll throw a whole bunch of, of current and past women in there. It's a way to get as many women as they can on yeah. the ticket. Uh, they announced in the Battle Royale, uh, Carmella, Tori Wilson coming back out of, out of from nowhere, uh, Naomi, and Asuka. Apparently, they didn't have anything else for Asuka to do other than be in a Battle Royale. And I, I, she needs something. I, seriously, like, come on. Talk about a woman who should be getting more at the women's only pay-per-view. Yes, That's, absolutely. That's my beef. But uh, yeah, so I... I, and so the winner of this gets a title shot. Mm-hmm. And so it actually will mean something, which is a good thing. It can't just be, you Thank know, God. like like the 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 quote the fabulous moolah. Remember the fabulous moolah <laughs> at Battle Royale at WrestleMania? That yes. This became the women's battle royale that Naomi won and nothing I, happened. Yeah. It didn't matter. So at least they have a title shot involved here. So there's actually a concrete goal. And whatever women wins this will actually have a reason to have won it and have something to look forward to. I hope Oscar takes it. I I do too, but uh, you know, it would be a way to get her back in the title picture and having her versus Becky Lynch right now would be oh. great, but she just seems to be wrapped up in this plot with Naomi right now. So mm-hmm. hopefully they move her on from that. I agree. I would like Oscar to win as well. Uh, also on the show, we had Kurt Angle, the vacationing Kurt Angle. Yes. Came back in his nice little shirt and, Hat. He looked like he'd come straight from Bermuda. That was quite an outfit, Mr. Engel. It was quite an outfit. Uh, his even tap Chad- out shorts and his Hawaiian <laughs> short sleeve button up with some sort of sun hat. Oh, God. Every time they dress up Kurt Angle, it's just, it always makes me, it remains, it re- always reminds me of him in the cowboy hat back in the day when, he, yeah. you know, because he, every, it doesn't matter what you put on him. You know, unless it's a wrestling singlet. It just doesn't look right. It just looks, he just looks weird. He's a human thumb. Have you seen that children's book about Santa Claus going on vacation? He goes on a tropical vacation. Yes. That's what it reminded me of. It's just like, this is, this is just wrong. If, if Santa had just gone through chemo. Yes. Oh no. I'm just saying. That's <laughs> terrible. Just saying. So Angle uh, comes back and Corbin, Baron Corbin, as a way of getting revenge for Angle outsmarting him last week, 
puts him in a match, a handicap match against AOP. Yeah. And so, of course, Kurt at this point is wrestling as the conquistador. So out comes the poor little conquistador to get murdered by AOP, which he does. The, uh, the conquistador gets murdered by AOP and Baron Corbin comes out at the top of the ramp to to laugh at the poor conquistador in a chair. He pulled out a chair to watch this match. Did he not? He did. Of course he did. But of course, at the end of the match, it turns out the conquistador was not Kurt Angle. Someone else was the conquistador. Kurt Angle was at the top of the, ra- uh, the ramp, giving Baron Corbin an angle slam for his trouble. So once again, gasp. Kurt- Kurt outsmarting Baron Corbin. I'm loving what they're doing with this feud. This is a fun feud. Yeah. Uh, everyone's playing their characters perfectly. I like the fact that AOP looks like a, a still looks like a dominant team, even though they were just being used as pawns in this. It yeah. It still kept them looking strong. It made Kurt look smart, which he hasn't done in a long time. <laughs> it's true because the GMs on these shows tend to look dumb. Like, yeah. They're keeping Paige looking smart, but Kurt and Mick before him both are always looking like they're trying to keep up with Stephanie McMahon. Right, she's always pulling one over on them, and Ugh, he, Stephanie. And she, oh God, we'll get to her. We'll, <laughs> we'll get to, get to we'll you, get Stephanie. To her. But uh, this was a nice change where Kurt actually looked like he could outsmart people, and Baron Corbin, of course, everyone loves to see this guy get his his just comeuppance. Yes, because he's just such a tool, and it's don't it's we wonderful. all? Yeah. So, uh, speaking of other angles that are going on on the show right now, Finn Balor. The last few weeks has been promoting the Mixed Mass Challenge with mm-hmm. Bailey in his corner uh, and Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox in the other corner. They've been doing matches week in, week out. And this week we had another match. <laughs> you don't say. Another Finn Balor and uh, Jinder Mahal match. Luckily, this one was short. Finn won pretty quickly with a coup de gras. But at the end of it, Lashley came out to pose and have Leo Rush talk him up. And Leo Rush saying, oh, you wish you looked like Lashley. And then Lashley had a match with poor Tyler Breeze where he squashed the hell out of Tyler Breeze. Oh, so, poor Tyler. Yeah. So Lashley heel turn confirmed. Yes. Lashley is officially a heel. Uh, the question here is, is it looks like we're heading towards a Finn Balor and Lashley program. And last week we were saying. Yeah, we called this last week. We did. But it's it was we also said, is this a good thing for either guy? Right. I Because mean, they th- both need a win. Well, do you think this is good for either Finn or Lashley? Or which one do you think is, 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 it, is it better for? Well, I... To answer that, I just have to think who needs it more right now. Of course, Lashley needs a good win as heel, and Finn just needs a good win, period, without having to turn to the demon. So exactly. I don't know. I mean, and that's what we said last week. Is, is, is this another angle where Finn has to turn to the demon to beat a monster that he can't otherwise beat? In which case, it's kind of redundant. Yeah, um, I hope not. I, the kids do love that stuff. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, the demon is great, but you don't want to see Finn losing all the time unless he pulls the demon out. Right. Then why not be the demon all the time if that's what it takes? It's funny because they they on off made him look strong against Corbin with that feud over the summer. Mm-hmm. You know, there were some matches where he looked like he was keeping up, and they made you know every time he fought Braun Strowman, it was exactly. like he would lose, but it looked like he was he was oh he could have gotten him lost honorably. Yeah, it's still losing a lot. It's still L's in the in the in the win loss column. They don't matter. Well, <laughs> thanks, Road Dog. I appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm curious to see where they go with this. I, they'll probably hold off till after, I imagine, Crown Jewel to really yeah. get something. Or maybe we'll see the first match at Crown Jewel and, and it, it'll be maybe. it'll be one of those piss break matches during the show. I don't know. Uh, speaking of which, Apollo Crews 
is back in singles action oh. this week uh, against Elias. Elias coming out to knock the Philly crowd, and of well. course, his new thing is going against the, going uh, after their sports teams. Mm-hmm. Going after the Eagles, he's trying to recreate his uh, his his luck in Seattle. He better be careful in Philadelphia. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, that's a good point. He might have some batteries thrown at him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no. So uh, he was running down the crowd, and out comes Apollo Cruz to tell him, "You can't talk that way around Philadelphia." <laughs> I'll teach you what for. So it looks like we're having an Apollo Cruz Elias feud going forward, which I don't. Great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. Cool, cool. beans. Great. I, I know that they're trying to rehabilitate Apollo Cruz. Um, I, th- I, th- I think they know they missed the train with him. Mm-hmm. They had a chance to have a really big superstar there. And yeah, it's they too bad. Bungled him a bit. Um, I don't know if this is the way to start it up again. Uh, Elias can kind of float between the main event and the lower card, and it doesn't really matter because just because he's Elias, yeah. And that's part of what makes his gimmick great is you can just put him in anywhere. But I don't know if this is a good starting point for Apollo Cruz because, as you said earlier, Elias's wins and losses don't matter. Mm-hmm. They really don't because he's Elias. He is he. That's just the way <laughs> that he's built. His character's built. He can win. He can lose. Doesn't really matter. He's he's there to be a different component than the rest of the show. I feel like there's going to be mythology written about Elias. I think he's already writing it. He's already, <laughs> right, writing, he's pretty, already writing it. He's already himself. writing it for You're himself. Right. Absolutely. You're right. Week in and week out, he's telling us myths. It's like he's here to save our souls and all that. Coming to you at Barnes and Noble. Coming to you. Soon. He, I wouldn't be surprised if he had a book at some point. He's got a record out on read, iTunes. Read with Elias. Oh my god. Yeah, I could see it happening. <laughs> So we also had a uh, it, what looked like the beginning of a program between uh, the Riot Squad and Natalia Bailey and Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks back on TV, whatever her undisclosed issue was. Yeah, taken no, care of, I, I guess. I don't know. I guess she was back. She got some physicality in, so I guess she's okay. I'm interested to see if more information comes out about that. Yeah, I still, part of me says she wasn't injured. She was just talking shit about how bad the Bailey Sasha Banks angle was that they were kind of stop starting throughout the whole summer. Mm-hmm. And we kept being like, oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> Didn't happen. Go take a timeout, Sasha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might have been, but uh, they're they're having a little feud here. I don't know if this is another promotion for that battle royale that mm-hmm. we're having at Crown Jewel. Or if this is just the beginning of an ongoing program, but three, like a three-on-three program uh, with Natalia, Sasha, and Bailey versus the Riot Squad, I don't know if Natalia, Sasha, and Bailey is. I I, can, I don't know if I can see them as being as as coherent of a team. Yeah. As the Riot Squad, I'm wondering if there's something there. Like one of them's going to turn. It just doesn't seem very exciting to me. You were wondering a while back about a Natalia turn. I, I well, it's Natalia is one of those people that you always assume is going to be a heel, and when she's a face, you're just waiting for her to turn back heel again. <laughs> you know, uh, so that's that. That's every time I see her, I'm like, is she gonna? Is she gonna? Is she gonna? Is it today? Is it today? It, like her, Mickey James, Nikki Bella. They, I, they never, in my, I can never see them as faces. Yeah, you know. Uh, so yeah, so I think this is just another promotion for the battle royale. But it, you know, it could be a good angle for the the riot squad if they can look strong, which they didn't here. They looked they they got beaten down pretty cleanly. But uh, this it, it ended be, in a DQ, yeah. Yeah, it was a DQ finish. Um, Natalia looked like she was going to win with uh, the sharpshooter on Ruby Riot. Sarah Logan came in for the breakup. There was a beatdown, and then Sasha and Bailey came out for the save. So. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm curious to see where they're going with this. I can't say that I'm terribly excited, and I, I, I think it's another missed opportunity with Sasha and Bailey, 
where it's just they, they, they're becoming less and less interesting the more they do with them. Yeah, missed opportunity seems to be the theme with them a bit. It it does, doesn't it? It does seem to be the the, the theme, and that's, I wish that was something they could turn around at some point. Uh, speaking of women's matches, Trish and Lita came out to promote their match against Alexa Bliss and Mickey James. Uh, it was basically just a talking segment with pretty much reiterating what they said last week is uh, Alexa Bliss and Mickey James saying, ha ha, Trish and Lita, you're old. Uh, As they say, I need a little more, a little less talk and a little more action. Yes, a little uh, stratisfaction, if you will. Um, <laughs> a yeah, moment of bliss. I, I this that was the best. Like again, Alexa Bliss was the best part of this. She's still the best promo out of all of them, which doesn't surprise me. Yeah, but uh, it was it was yeah it was pretty painful, but not as painful as the Brothers of Destruction pre-taped promo that was aired during this show. That Jesus Christ, it was like. It was like something out. It, I can't even say it was out of the Attitude Era because uh, the production was about like out of the Attitude Era. The delivery was out of the old folks' home. It was trying so hard to be edgy. It was trying so hard to be edgy. It's it was just, just trying so hard. I mean, I, I got to say, you know, I don't know if the if it's the mask or the lighting or just his face has changed. But the way that Kane's little nubby nose sticks out from under his mask right Aww. now in that light, it makes him look more adorable than sinister. Aww. He's like, look at his little so nubby cute. nose. Look at the mirror. And look, look at, at Grandpa mirror. Taker. He's just, uh, I seriously, the, like the the fact that they're promoting this match as hard as they are, as they are DX versus Brothers of Destruction, it in me to me, it's kind of tainting their legacy because mm. it's not making them look better. It's putting them in the same situations that they used to be when they were younger. Right. And it's, by contrast with those situations, like if you look at these promos, which are based on the old promos that they used to give, these look like crap by comparison. It, they don't make them look any better. And it's making me less and less excited for this match. Not that I ever was, but it's making me even, I'm cringing more and more about the whole thing. Yeah. And I know you're invested. You're wearing an Undertaker shirt over there. I, I sure am. So I know that I know that you got some love for the Taker. And how does this make you feel to see him like this? Well, I've said this before. I wish they had just let the sleeping dogs lie. You know, why keep dragging them back out? Let their legacy live on yeah. without, you know, souring it with uh, this constant attention to how they are no longer what they once were. Yeah. And it's and it, the sad thing is, is I don't know that it's other people asking them to come out. It's them. You know, they, they it's hard to leave that spotlight. Absolutely. It's hard to accept that when people see you, they don't see what you were before you know yeah if that, that makes or sense or you still think that you're you look that way yeah. it's hard to see that perception of yourself or like i could still go i could still do it <laughs> you know and it does seem the fact that they're not uh, saying triple h very much they're they're focusing more on Shawn michaels in this and his story makes me think that they're trying to he's he's trying to have a comeback too which oh <sighs> i gotta say you know it's as much as it was sad to watch him lose his hair with the long hair <laughs> the, the bald look is even worse and in the heartbreak kid shirt and the heart yeah heartbreak you know, we're, kid like, exactly like we're saying with 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 the dx uh the way that they're being presented you know they were the young rebels yeah and watching two like two dads try to do this try to do like yeah we're it's young and edgy same. it's just like oh god suck please. it yeah stop you can kind of almost picture them telling their kids don't say suck it don't say what daddy said. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. So I'm not I'm not looking forward to that at all. Um, there is one quick note I wanted to make before we moved on. I forgot to mention earlier with the uh, the 
Rousey and the Bellas segment. So, so some people were saying, oh, why, the, why are we having Ronda Rousey versus Nikki Bella? Why are we having Ronda Rousey versus Nikki Bella? This makes no sense. No, it makes every, all the sense in the world. Nikki is a draw. And Ronda is a draw, and a match between them is a big deal, and that's why that you know they were promoting these other matches as big deals, and then they changed up those other matches into tag matches, like Lexa, Lexa Bliss and Trish Stratus. They made that into, they folded into a tag match with Lita and uh, Mickey James because Nikki Ronda is the draw, and to prove that point, after that match was announced last week, the ticket sales surged just based on that announcement alone, yeah. and uh, they sold out the event. That's amazing. So it, it speaks to the fact that Nikki is still a draw. Either that or people just want to see her get her arm ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> Whatever you know, it's, it is. It's the old way of thinking about women in wrestling versus the new age of women in wrestling. Sure. and it's But it's also a very classic way of looking at wrestling. Heels can draw. Heels can be as big, if not bigger draws than faces sometimes because you want to see them get beat up so bad. You know? <laughs> Aren't we terrible people? Isn't it awesome? That's not terrible. You want to see justice come out? Do you want to see good triumph? That's not yeah. terrible. That's wanting to see. That's I want to see, the good see people out. thrown across the ring, onto the apron, out onto the floor. You want violence. I see. You just want violence for violence's sake. I can't blame you. When it's good, it's good. Well, I'll tell you what. Speaking of good, we got to go over and talk about SmackDown 1000. So let's head over and talk about SmackDown Live. Episode one. Thousand of SmackDown Live. Can you uh, believe it? I, I can. We did. We had. We had Raw one thousand. So it's not the first time. What I can't believe is I watched SmackDown episode one. That's showing my age. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I remember when SmackDown started and they had the big fist coming out of the wall and everything. So. We don't have to say how many years ago that was. No, we don't. We don't. We, we don't have to have say to it. Say that it was nearly twenty years ago. Oh God. <laughs> Because we are not on Truth TV. So, oh, uh, see what you did there. Oh, you see what I did see there? See what you did there? Yes, it opened with Truth TV. Like, of all the things to open SmackDown 1000 with, this would not have been the thing that I guess they would do. Random. It's totally random. And to make it even more random, we had a McMahon family reunion. That was not random. And dance breaks. <laughs> that, dance breaks. The dance breaks were random. The dance break with the McFan. McMahon family was random. That was random. I did not see that coming. What is happening right I, now? I, well, again, so I, I was not surprised that we had the McMahons coming out to self-congratulate themselves about it. Right. It made sense. Stephanie was the original commissioner of SmackDown. She did well when it split off into its own brand, I should say. Yes. Uh, and then Shane, obviously a more recent one. They, you know, they, they played up everyone's history on SmackDown. Uh, Vince McMahon coming out was a bit of a surprise. Uh, I loved our truth trying to imitate everything that he was physically doing, <laughs> trying to suck up. Our truth is gold, by the way. Yeah, just everything that he's doing right now is gold, and he's so endearing, and the audience is so behind him that that which that never stopped. It's just we're being reminded of it right now, and apparently Vince sees something in that because there's no way that this segment would have been what it was unless Vince is loving Truth TV. Yes, so he's obviously loving it, and the fact that as you said. And, you know, it ended up in one of, of Truth TV's notorious random dance breaks with Obviously. all the McMahon family, Stephanie, Shane, and Vince all dancing in the ring. Cutting around. Says to me that Vince is, Vince is doubling down on Truth TV. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And even Stephanie called out how random it was that it was opening the show. That, and that was a thing that I thought was particularly curious was, was that they openly admitted they're like yeah we know truth tv 
to open the, our thousandth, thousandth episode of all the things that we could and we could do. And this was a very random episode. There was they were doing callbacks. Like I would have thought this would have been an episode where they were calling back to a lot of things on in the history of SmackDown, and they did. But a lot of times it felt like it was almost like some of the things were just you know one offs. Like hey, we'll throw this your way, and and that's it. And they would just leave it. Yeah, or just like a, a quick asides, and we'll get to that in a second. But let's let's talk about um, one of the big matches on the show first before we get into all the little the weird side pieces that happen <laughs> on SmackDown One Thousand. We had, and I really want to talk about this. That's why I put this up here at the top of SmackDown. Was I really want to talk about this? We had a tag match between the Usos and Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles teaming up against the Usos. Yes. We haven't seen the Usos in a while. We didn't know how they were going to treat the Usos on this show. And it was the typical thing that you see if you're trying to get like two guys, they're not quite on the same page. At some point, there is miscommunication, and one of them hits the other, and then they end up getting rolled up and losing. That, had, that happened here. Right. Standard. Standard. Fine. No problem. What's What's good to note is that even the commentary made a point that, yeah, they're two of the top singles guys in the company, but against a really good tag team, when they're not on the same page, there's no way they can beat them. Mm -hmm. And I thought that you compare that philosophy with what is going on over on Raw right now, where you've got two singles guys holding onto the belts. They haven't defended these belts in weeks weeks and the rest of the tag division look like a bunch of goobers over there that's a huge difference in philosophy and it's i think a really i think it's the right difference this is the right decision over here on smackdown yeah is to have the usos look fantastic they have the usos look really strong that yeah individually aj styles or daniel bryan could individually beat either uso and on a good day, if Daniel Bryan and, and AJ Styles were, were really on the same page, they might be able to pull it off against the Usos. But, but if they're, they're off by even a half step, nope, there's no way. You can't beat an elite team like the Usos. You know, that's great. Yeah. It makes every... How it should be. It's how it should be. It doesn't hurt Daniel Bryan or AJ Styles to have lost this match because it looked like they went up against a solid tag team in a, in a match that was that tag teams, that's their bread and butter. That's what they do is tag team wrestling. They should be at a disadvantage. Exactly. So that's why I wanted to point this out really quickly was that I just, I thought this was such a big deal that they made that distinction here. So. Do you think that this helped build to the title match at all? I, oh, you mean like with Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles? Yeah. Yeah, but in a standard way. Right. You know what I mean? Pretty expected. Exactly. It's kind of what you what you would expect them to do to, to build towards it. Well, they're on the same page. They're both good guys, but they just can't get along. Aww. Aww. You know what I mean? So it's, I'm glad we're doing this without one of them turning heel. It's just the typical comp- competition thing. And they don't like, at some point, they'll get to the point where I just don't like him. Yeah. You know? I'm, I'm glad neither one is turning heel as well. Yeah. It's, it would be completely inappropriate for both of their characters. Agreed. So, all right. All right. So that's that. that I had to get that rant off my chest there. Let's move on and talk about all of the weird little things that <laughs> happened on the show. Just a list of the weird coming your way, of folks. The weird, a list of the weird. Uh, well, I know you saw it too. Like just that random meeting of previous GMs. Yeah. 
the bizarre where it, we couldn't it, even it, hear them talking. Yeah, it was just like, oh, here they are. And here's here's Howie Long going holla 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 or Teddy Long Howie Long. Sorry, I'm a Raiders <laughs> fan. Forgive me. Teddy Long coming in holla 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 holla. You know, just yeah. And he's just there doing holla 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 the entire time. Laura Knight is coming in with his finger up and just staring at the screen blankly. You know, and uh, Vicky it. Guerrero saying, "Excuse me," like, oh, they all got their lines in, and that's it. It was like ten seconds. Yeah, we saw them. Hey, remember these on. guys? Okay, moving on. What? Uh, Kurt Angle was on commentary in a match because he was. It was. It was the uh, which we'll get to in a second. A really yeah. brief match between the Miz and Rusev. Really brief. Or Angle's on commentary. I don't think he said a single damn thing. I didn't hear anything. And Angle's a big part of SmackDown history, an enormous part. Yeah. Why did he have to be there for for two seconds on commentary just to be like Angle's here? I. To put on a suit again instead of his Hawaiian outfit? I don't he know. He was in his vacation clothes. Oh, was he still in his vacation? Yeah. No. Exactly. So quick you didn't see it, did you? <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, and, and you know, some of the really important people from SmackDown Pass couldn't even be freaking bothered to show up. John Cena sent, sent a selfie video, and The Rock didn't even do that. The Rock just sent a tweet. Sent a tweet. He just tweeted. Oh, he's like, yeah, I came up with the name SmackDown. Vince loved it. Cool. Thanks, guys. Enjoy your thousandth episode. I'm so far beyond you yokels now. And at one point we had um, Lawler and Booker T on commentary. And oh, that was awful. Oh, it was awful. Every time they cut to them, they were not ready. They were not ready. No, they, were they didn't know. They were ready. like, oh, is it us? It us? And they were, they were, they were, you, they were getting caught on camera being like, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, when they noticed at all that the camera was on them. Right. I loved seeing them on commentary, but it was awkward because they were just kind of shoehorned in. Yeah. As was all of these things that they, they try to shoehorn in. They even shoehorned in The Undertaker in here at the end of the show to close the show bong the undertaker comes out yeah. last match of the show is like barely done and undertaker comes out long entrance gets down the ring finally gets in stands up grabs a mic says you know dx is going to learn the my three words which is rest in peace bong done and then he walks yeah. <laughs> that was it his promo was shorter than his entrance oh well, yeah by a huge factor <laughs> yeah. a huge fa- there were there were matches on the show shorter than his entrance literally matches yep. on the show shorter than his entrance that's true and I, just for him to promote the crown jewel match uh, and just for Undertaker to be on SmackDown. They could say, oh, yep, Undertaker was on SmackDown 1000. They were promoting that he was going to be on SmackDown 1000 yeah, for months. I know. Months. And, yep. And he came out and said, yeah, I got a match at crown jewel. Cool. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Bye. I remember when this happened, thinking earlier in the show, oh, yeah, they said he was going to be here. Oh, he's going to be here. And then it was like, oh, that's it? That right. Was, you advertised that? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> you you actually had the balls to say, yeah, he's going to be here. And that's what you gave us? You paid money to create a promo that he was going <laughs> to be here for that? I mean, there is still cachet in his entrance. It is it is yeah. something that people like will pay to see just his entrance. I think it would have been better, though, to leave it as a surprise. Just right? <laughs> like, oh, he's here. Yeah. And he's Something gone. more substantive. I think yeah. the best stuff about this show actually had nothing to do with the fact that it was SmackDown 1000, with the exception of the McMahon opening, which was really fun. Actually, <laughs> there was one other thing that I thought was really cool. But uh, before we get to that, I, I want to talk about that short match we were talking about, mm-hmm. which was Rusev losing to Miz because Aiden had interference. Aiden did interference. Miz gets into the World Cup, uh, and then Rusev chases Aiden around the ring and beats the crap out of him. With Lana's help. With Lana's help. What was that? Was this a three-second match? It was, uh, well, it was, I mean, Miz got his his squash victory back, even though it was with interference. It certainly but it was, wasn't three minutes, that's for sure. No, it, this, I, I don't know if this was their way of 
putting the Rusev Day thing to bed to bed because he finally got his hands on Aiden. Like I didn't know what the hell was going on here. It was just it, we came back. We're in the middle of a match, and then all of a sudden the match is over, and all of a sudden Rusev is killing Aiden, and that's it. All right, kids, we're on to the next thing. Yeah. What was that? I don't know. I have no idea. I'm curious to see what they're doing going forward. If that was just a a one-off here and we're going to get back into the plot later or if they're just like they're like cool that was it for rusev day da, 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 da. Well, i don't know yep. but let's move on to some of the good stuff let's get that to the happened good, you're right let's get we to the good stuff evolution reunited evolution reuniting that was one of the best things about the show it was a fun segment that's for sure it was because it was so loose yeah it was so it, like you could they were tell fun with each other four guys who who you don't script yes <laughs> they were given talking points and they went out there and just were like cool we know what we're doing we are the old dogs in this company and no one's gonna tell us what to do you know so and it was a lot of it was first of all it was cool seeing them back together mm-hmm. um i didn't realize how like much kind of much respect i had for evolution until i saw them back together and was like yeah you know damn yeah that was a that was a they were a really big part of this company for a long time and not only that but the guys in it really left the legacy not only in this company but with the case of batista with him going off and becoming a huge movie star like it now adds even more cachet yeah uh i always thought he was the blandest member of evolution i was never a big batista fan when he was in wwe i'll openly admit it um i and frankly it was it was guardians of the galaxy that really turned me around on him i was one of the people that was unhappy he was back when he won the royal rumble that year so seeing him back and having warm feelings about him was a weird thing for me. Yeah, weird for you and Randy Orton apparently. <laughs> and well, and for a few people, Batista. I mean, they they all talked about how great Evolution was. They all talked about how great each other were. They gave each other props. It was a nice little fluff session for all of them. But of course, the really interesting thing here was when Batista got the mic because he's the one guy who hasn't been around. Randy's been doing Randy things. Uh, and he, I, I like disgusting Randy things. Disgusting Randy. Th- I like the fact that he didn't break character. He knew he was still in his, you know, heel Randy Orton persona, and he still played that up here, where he still acted like a dick to everybody. Yeah, and Batista's um, like, I'm just gonna ignore what you just said. Yeah, where he he's talking smack to everybody, saying Batista's too much time in the makeup chair to to be around. Yeah. Okay, fine. Randy's 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 in kayfabe. Great, you know. Uh, but the most interesting part was when Batista got the mic because we all wanted to hear what he had to say because even as he pointed out no one thought he was coming back last time he was here he got booed out of the company literally booed out of the company he left with some with a really bad taste in his mouth about Bautista. that Bautista right i mean uh, and he obviously that, that that legit hurt his feelings which you know when you're in pro wrestling and sports entertainment you got to have a real thick skin absolutely you can't thousands take that of people booing seriously you. yeah you've got to you've got to be willing to accept what the audience perception is but he obviously took it really to heart uh and he openly even said it's like the last thing i want is to be back here with this mic in my hand yeah he said he was really nervous yeah and i don't and i don't blame him given the reception he had last time this time everyone was overwhelmingly happy to see him yeah including myself and i i didn't think i would be the last time he was in the company so it was i can i can definitely understand where all the audience was coming from and where he was coming from it was happy nostalgia it was um that being said he also had the line of the night when uh, oh. he was he was talking about everybody, he went over to Ric Flair, and you know he went to Ric Flair and said, "Oh yeah, we we there's some stuff I could say, Rick, but I won't keep it in your pants, Rick. Oh, it's a family show. It's a family show, and everyone busted up laughing. Yeah. Like even Triple H and Randy broke character and just 
Send for the man! Oh, they 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 lost it. That was that was great, and I love the fact that this was such an off the cuff. It felt like four dudes who were genuinely good buddies in the ring together. You thought that was his line of the night? What what do you think it was his line of the night? I think it was uh, when he told Triple H that Triple H had done everything there was to do in this company in this business except beat Batista, huh? and they had that moment between them where you're like, hey. oh shoot yeah are they gonna throw down i i think that's the other really notable thing about this segment was i i don't think i don't know i i don't know if they're leading to something or they just wanted to get some audience interest in it but i'm not gonna lie batista versus triple h at at wrestlemania i'll buy that for a dollar (laughs) i'm in i'm in like i have the old guys wrestle wrestle each other you know don't unless you want to put over a young guy if you want to have a match where you go over go over against another old guy you know what I mean? Yeah. Get your win on another old guy. Don't bury someone. Don't new. bury an upcoming talent. Um, so Batista Triple H at, at WrestleMania, I'd be so down for that. But they hugged it out. They did, but come on. You know that moment was meant to put the seed in people's minds. They put it in our minds. Planted. Planted. Planted and and liked. I liked what was planted very much. All right. Well, next we moved over to Cutting Edge. Yeah, Edge was back. Aww. Edge was back. Edge. He looks pretty good. Course, yeah, he does. Well, I mean, he's, his career was cut short. Of course, he still looks good. Right. He'd still be in his prime. That's if his true. Neck he's not getting beaten down all the time. Well, if his neck had given out, yeah, yeah. he'd still he'd still be in his prime. <laughs> Which Becky... Uh... Oh, we'll, oh, we'll get to that. Yeah. So we had the segment Cutting Edge. He came back, said, you know, it's great to be back, et cetera, et cetera. And he came out and interviewed Becky Lynch, the women's champ. This was also a really good segment with, I thought, some very strong writing. Uh, yeah. and, it, and it really captured my imagination in some way because Edge was saying, you know, basically, you know, go Becky, do your thing. I totally get it. I was, a, I was very much like you when I was in this company, uh, talking in kayfabe, of course, uh, in terms of being vicious and not letting anyone stand in, the, in your way. But I thought what was interesting was when Edge said, you know, the, the thing that you should know is that kind of like acting that way will, you'll end up like me and essentially, he said, you'll end up alone. You'll have all those trophies on your wall, but you'll be alone. Staring at them alone. And Becky basically said, Edge said, you know, do you, you, need to, you need to like yourself. And Becky says, I love myself. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Get, mm-hmm. the fuck, get, get out of snap, here. Snap, snap, snap. Get out of here. Get out of my room. <laughs> Don't hurt your neck on the way out. Oh, God. Told Edge to go F himself, basically. <laughs> yeah. And I, I frankly think that that was the most badass thing they could have Becky do. Yeah. And also I, it made me kind of go in kayfabe, obviously because of the real edge, you know, he's married to Beth Phoenix. He's got a ton of kids and he's got a podcast with Christian. That's a great, great show. And everyone loves it. He's doing, he's got a, he's got a TV career. He's fine. He's doing all right. He's doing fine. The kayfabe edge, the rated R superstar character is alone in his dusty mansion with all of these trophies, you know, staring at them by himself. That's kind of sad. Yeah. Like I'm like, Oh, that's a that's kind of tragic, but I love the fact that Becky just brushed him off. Oh yeah, and was like was took that second to to be like, well, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but eat me, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> and I thought that was a really strong look for a character. The audience loved it too. Yeah, they and were going wild for Becky. Absolutely, and they still are. Like it's the dynamic is still there as much as they try to push her as a heel. She just naturally exudes badassness. Like that was a real heel move to say, "Don't hurt your neck on the way out, on the way out of the yep. ring," and the audience ate it up. They were they were cheering for Edge earlier and like you know throwing all kinds of love at him, but then they were cheering for Becky when she rat when she when she crapped on him. Yeah, I was, 
Oh, so she can no. do no wrong. She can do. I'm telling you, she'll have to kill a puppy in the middle of that ring. Oh no! Don't say that. I'd say she'll have to kill a puppy to be booed as a heel. No. I don't even know if that would work. I don't even know if that would work. <laughs> People would be in the audience going, "Screw that puppy!" No. He got what was coming to him. It's terrible. Anyway, this segment ended with uh, Charlotte coming yeah. out, big brouhaha in the ring. <laughs> um, I like the fact that Charlotte, like, there's just no words anymore. Charlotte no, came just out tackling. and said, "You know, I can't wait to. You know, you'll see what I do to you when I do to you right now." And she just goes and tackles her. Spears her and then we have a big brouhaha. So it was I'm I'm still loving this feud. Yeah, I'm still loving this feud. Nothing like a, a good brouhaha. <laughs> I do like a good brouhaha or two uh in the afternoon. No, so this was uh, this is great. We're having a last woman standing match at Evolution. Uh I am I'm I'm in. I'm in. They're doing a great job with this angle, and I thought this was another segment that built towards it really well. So moving on, we had that uh we had a tag championship match, the bar versus the Usos, excuse me, the Usos, Bar versus New Day, uh, again. Again. Well, I, I, again. Again. Didn't we just have this in Melbourne? How, how many times have we had this now? A lot. New Day, <laughs> New Day and Bar fought a lot. But, deja vu. Uh, deja vu, 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 vu. Over and over and over again. But except this was different. This one was different. This is the one where we had Booker T and Lawler on uh, commentary yeah, there. I didn't know what to do. If you can do. call it that. Yeah. <laughs> Semi-pseudo-commentary. Um... Catch up, Terry. <laughs> Trying to catch up with the match, but uh, it was it was actually a good match, as you come to expect. I, I, you know, I, I, Nick is out there somewhere listening to this. Uh, Nick, yes, the bar is legit. I've tried to tell you over and over again. I love the bar. I think they're a legit tag team. They once again proved it. They always put on good damn matches. Yeah, they and have such great chemistry between the two of them. They do, they do. And the interesting twist about this match was. It uh, ended up that they tried to cheat to win. Uh, I forget if it was Sheamus or Cesaro got their legs up on the rope and Kofi came on and knocked off the legs. So they go outside, start to beat on Kofi. And as they're beating on Kofi, it looks like they're about to put him through a table. The big show comes out. It's the big show. And uh, I I don't know about you, but he came out. uh, The second he came out, I I think I knew what was going to happen. Everyone was scurred. Uh, Well, it's, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> That's how you sell the big show. But he came out, looked like he was going to go after the bar. And then because he's the big show, heel turn, puts Kofi through the table, helps the bar win the championships, and then stands in the ring with the bar. Well, I never expected the Big Show to go heel. I don't know what you're talking about. That's that's just out of <laughs> yeah, left field. He's never done field. that. Be- he's never done that before, right? Never, never, ever has never. the Big. It's his gimmick. It's like his gimmick. <laughs> it's the Big Show's meta gimmick. It's his thing. Whatever he is, he's going to be the opposite within a week. He should have that as it, part of his move set. Yeah, just a move called heel turn. Heel turn. Yeah, like, that's his finisher. It, heel right, turn. Spins the, his opponent around. It's the heel <laughs> turn. <laughs> But it's like yeah. that spin that where someone turns around and says, I'm the manager, bitch. That's, what? You know what? You've seen the meme. You've seen the meme. Everyone's seen the meme. Have That's they? the big show turning around. I'm the heel now, bitch. Is that what the kids are looking at now? Yep. Okay. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. In the Facebook discussion group, anyone can show me that meme in the Facebook discussion group, the meme I'm not aware of. <laughs> uh, all I know is, is that, you know, Big Show goes away for a while, comes back face, turns heel. Here we go. Is he a member of the bar? That's the question that we're wondering right now. I like, I, this is a heel turn with Big Show. I don't mind. I don't mind the Big Show turning heel here. I think it could be a good thing. I think if he does jo- join the bar full time, I hope it's not a one-off. Put it that, put yeah. it that way. If, if, if the Big Show is the third member of the bar, and then we have three members of the Barbers and three three members of New Day. That could revitalize this whole feud a lot. 
Yeah, even out the odds. Or maybe Big Show is just something they keep in their back pocket, little right. uh, extra weapon there that they pull out as needed. What would they call it? The Big Bar? Big Bar. The Big Bar. Now we're the that big sounds bar. wrong. That, that's. I mean, he does raise the bar. If he, can't, if he puts his thumb out in front of him the way they do, it's certainly above their heads. Oh, my gosh. So I'm just saying he's raising the bar. Anyway, yeah, I liked this. I thought this was good. I, I, I think it's funny that it kind of once again shows us how unimportant their Melbourne show was to them yeah. in the bigger picture. Uh, either yeah. that or Big Show just doesn't fit on a plane. But That could also be it. <laughs> Do we get Big Show doing Dragon Ball Z poses? It, they did at the end. He stood in the middle and put his hands up and they All did right. the Dragon Ball Z pose on the other side yeah. of him. So, and he looked, that's the thing. Is that's what, what, one of the things that sold it for me. I'm like, that looks really good. <laughs> that looks good. That's a good. That's a good looking thing. So, uh, yeah. So I guess SmackDown 1000 is more important than a seventy thousand dollar uh, seventy thousand person Melbourne show. But uh, that I'm fine with it. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Uh, finally, we had Rey Mysterio. I thought this was this yeah. was the this was the callback to old SmackDown that to me yes. seemed the most like heartwarming. Yeah, Rey Mysterio, one of the SmackDown six coming back. I love his entrance. With all the different masks yeah. flashing behind yeah. him. It's always cool to see that. And I, his entrance music and everything. It was nice to see him back. Obviously, I've been keeping up on him while he's been in all over the place. He did some stuff in New Japan and Lucha Underground and everything else he's been doing. He's as flippy as ever. He's man, He looks great. Yeah. yeah. For his age, he's he's in incredible shape. I was thinking about like he, he hasn't aged at all. No. They were talking about him starting in pro wrestling when he, in 89. Jeez. Like, <laughs> that's Undertaker level of tenure. That's before I was born. Yeah. That's crazy. And of course, obviously, he was a kid when he started, but still, still, that's incredible that he's still able to do what he does. But he had a match against Shinsuke Nakamura, non-title match. It was just to see who got the final spot in the World Cup. Yes. If you were looking at who they were putting in this World Cup, you could figure out who could win, who's yeah. going to win this Pretty match. predictable. It was not going to be Nakamura. No. This was a, this, the World Cup. Uh, the, is that, yeah, the World Cup is going to be like a, a nostalgia tour. Basically. You know, because you've got right now, what do we have in there? We have John Cena, Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, Dolph Ziggler, Miz, Kurt Angle, and then like the new guy is Seth Rollins. Yeah. Right? So, well, obviously Mysterio won this match. Yep. Clean, which is what was surprising, surprising to me. I don't know if that's a sign of Nakamura's stock falling or just Ray's being so high. Yeah. Like trying to reintroduce him as being strong. Yeah. That makes sense? You know, like I, that, I would assume that means they have big things for him. And by big things, I mean Randy Orton. <laughs> That's my guess. Oh, I wonder what sick things Randy Orton is going to do to Rey Mysterio. Well, considering that he's got like a foot on him, at least, if not more, uh, I, I'm pretty sure he can do a lot of I just got a things. terrible image, terrible image. When you said he's got a foot on him, I don't know why. I just pictured oh, no. like Randy Orton sticking his foot under Rey Mysterio's mask up against his face. I don't know, kids. I don't know. Gross. So who's more sick here? You or Randy Orton for thinking of the things you want Randy Orton to do. I'm <laughs> no, just saying. No, I don't want him to do it. I'm just afraid of the the disgusting things he might do. All right. Well, we'll keep our eyes out for what Randy Orton <laughs> does to Ray Mysterio. If he listens to the show and takes Judith Brooks' idea of putting his foot under Ray's mask. Don't judge me. So that was SmackDown Live, and that was Raw, and that was WWE, the main roster at least, because we got to head over and talk about the wide world of wrestling. With NXT. Yes. Where we had the War Waiters. War Waiters. Versus the Undisputed Era. Wait, no, it only works for War Waiters. Uh, Undisputed Era. <laughs> and War Waiters. It's just fun. 
fun. Uh, I know it really is, isn't it? I'm sorry, I can't. I can't get behind calling them War Raiders. I still can't. Uh, but yeah, we had so we had what they called a double main event. Yeah. On NXT, but what it meant is they had a big opening match and a big closing match. Essentially, yes. I know uh, which one I preferred. You know which one you preferred? Mm-hmm. Me too. Actually, I think that they and I think that even in NXT they knew which one was the better match. Because they put that one on last. Yeah. And War Raiders Undisputed Era was on first. Yeah. But and this I, match got a little crazy. It was, I actually liked this match a lot. Yeah. I felt like the audience was a little dead for it. Um, and I think it might have been because they didn't really know what to think yet about War Raiders. Mm-hmm. But if they weren't, if they weren't into it by the end, I don't, I don't know what they were because that they definitely picked this up big time. Yeah. Had towards some the end of this fun match. spots. They did. Lots of, like, lots of teasing the hot tag for the first part of the match. And then at the end, when it got going, it got going. And people who don't know War Raiders from the, they're in the Indies or Ring of Honor or New Japan don't know what these guys can do. And they can do some really insane stuff. Yeah. Strength spots. And Hansen can do stuff no man his size should be able to do. I spotted a cartwheel in the middle of this match. Damn right. <laughs> and, a, and a tope suicida. Yeah. From a guy that size, which is. Really, really scary. Him and Joe are like the, the and actually, excuse me, Big E has the scariest Tope Suicida in WWE because every time he falls in a way that makes me think he's going to break his neck. Big E is but insane. Up there is Samoa Joe and Hanson yeah. in terms of just being scary. I like the fact that Undisputed Era is still working the style where they're just, they're little and they'll get thrown around and they're dastardly, but they're also, they're like little chihuahuas where they'll just keep nipping at you and they're, They'll strike at you and and put you in a submission hole. They're vicious. Yeah, they are vicious. They did look like they could hold their own against these bigger guys through their heel tactics and also through you know their their strikes and grapples. But the big guys just were overpowering them, and it looked like the War Raiders were going to win until Adam Cole, baby, 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 comes out, uh, which everyone expected. But the War Raiders beat him down too, and it looks like they're going to win again. They go for the pin. And then who should come out? Bobby Fish. Bobby Fish. The returning Bobby Fish. From the deep end of the ocean. <laughs> come back, swam his way into this match. One-legged swim. Uh, yeah, no, he's, so he looks like he's good again. He's good to go. Which, yeah. which, uh, so interference, War Raiders lose this. Well, they win by DQ, but still, you know, they get beaten down. Undisputed Era stands tall. Bobby Fish is back. Does this mean that they're now back to being like a Freebird style tag team? Yeah, full force. And if so, what does that mean for War Games, which is coming mm-hmm. up? Will all four of these guys be in the War Games match? And if so, in what capacity? I, I'm liking that. I, you know me. I love Undisputed Era. I know you can't stand them. What, what do you think they're, what are their frat boys? Is that what you said about them? Yes, it's like a, a, a exactly. It's a bunch of frat guys. Right. What's wrong with that? Like the worst stereotype of a bunch of frat guys. Right. Fraternities can be great. They can be absolutely great. But these guys. It's drive you nuts, right? Yes. Okay. So they're. They just look like a bundle of privilege. I'll put it that way. In other words, good heels. (laughs) Yeah. Good (laughs) Good heels. There we go. So also in NXT, we had uh, Britt Baker, who I was surprised to see in NXT. Uh, She got murdered by Shayna Baszler. So Shayna did her typical arm stomp on her and it looked like Britt got injured. I was reading online that it was a legit injury. Yeah, which, really quickly. Which is surprising because, I mean, I know that that, that move that Shayna does is dangerous, mm-hmm. but 
if it's that dangerous, maybe she shouldn't be allowed to use it. Maybe I don't want to get worked on this, but you know. I honestly, I feel like this could be a work because I saw her move her arm right before Shayna stomped on it. Well, so, before, I mean, I mean, it was after that was the problem. Yeah. <laughs> my no, point. you know what I mean. Like I saw her move it out of the way. At least it looked like to me. It, yeah, it looked like she like she she did the right thing with it. Yeah, but maybe not. I don't know. She was curled up in the corner crying. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I'd like to think that it was something where, because it does work to have Shayna do that move and incapacitate them. She did it with uh, a Dakota Kai a while back, and it was the same sort of thing. So I can only think that it would be a work. They, should, they wouldn't let her continue to do that if that was a sort of move where uh, this kind of injury could happen. Right. Just um, making her look more lethal. Exactly. And and I have to do some more research on it. It was just, I was looking at a couple of websites and they said that, that Britt Baker was legit injured in a match with Shayna Baszler. So uh, hopefully not, because Britt is is quite good, and I believe she's working up an angle with Black Craft Wrestling right now. I know she and Paige had a little worked angle backstage at a, at a show, in, I believe in August. So uh, so yeah, no, so once again, Shayna's looking strong going towards her match with Kyrie Sane. This was all this was. We also had Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch return and take on Tian Bing and Rocky, which was essentially a welcome back squash match, the sort of thing we get in NXT right. all the time. Um, kind of a nothing match, though, really... It reminded us that Lorcan and Birch are just tough dudes. And honestly, Bing and Rocky were completely forgettable. Yeah. So I, Not I, much to say about that. Not this. much to say about it. Yeah, I don't remember anything. So let's move on to the thing that there's a lot to say about. Nikki Cross versus Bianca Belair. Yes. The true main event of this show. Yes, this was good. It was really, really, really good. Glitter galore. <laughs> Glitter everywhere the from the second, first crossbody. Yes, the second Bianca Belair hit that match, glitter or hit the mat, glitter went flying everywhere. She left like a body outline in glitter, <laughs> and it was over from there. Yeah. Oh, Nikki was covered in glitter. The ref was covered in glitter. The mat was covered in <laughs> glitter. Glitter everywhere. It was so glittery. Yes, the but, mat looked like a starry night by the did. time it was over. Oh, but that didn't take away from how incredible this match was. It was just no. it was fantastically worked so hard hitting uh both B- belair and nikki are just they're absolute stars oh, yeah they're fantastic when nikki was coming off the top rope and bianca whipped her in the stomach with her hair whoo! yeah that's kind of that's bianca's Ooh. go-to move that's that's the that's it was it's like every bianca belair match now is like a, a waiting game until that hair comes out yeah. uh but i was really impressed with the more technical stuff that they were both doing they were both doing some fantastic looking moves some good sequences bianca had a couple of strength spots as you would expect yeah. um she was doing squats while military pressing nikki right. cross at one point just awesome i love and watching these two go some great transitions a well-told match story where they just couldn't put each other away and it kept building and building and they kept getting more and more doing more and more extreme moves to each other uh and then all of a sudden the lights went dark yeah and when they come back up, Bianca Belair has teleported out of the ring. She's disappeared. And Alistair Black has teleported into the middle of the ring, sitting what? cross-legged and looking very, very salty indeed. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm not mad that they're giving Alistair a teleporting ability. That's cool. <laughs> That's fine. It works with his character. They've already destroyed Bray Wyatt. Someone needs to have it. Um and I the, and I'm I'm irritated that this incredible match ended in nothing. They didn't have a definitive end, but at the same time, that's two matches in a row where Nikki and Bianca have not been able to finish a match. I don't I don't mind if it keeps no. going. Give not me at more. all. 
Exactly. Have the have the rubber match have the rubber match have be the one with the actual finish to it. So we've built up to this point where we know they just can't put each other away. How the hell are they finally going to finish this? Bianca's undefeated. Nikki's insane. I want it. I want it. But I also am not mad with the way this happened because it no. was really exciting to see Alistair. And this was a really cool moment with Nikki seeing him and immediately being weird and rolling around and saying, I know, I know, I have a secret. And the whole audience is getting into it and like, oh shit, what's going to happen? Yeah. Um, and then Alistair putting out his hand and it's almost like he hypnotized Nikki. Yeah, as soon right? as he stuck it out in front of him, she stopped and moving around. Like staring at him with like this look of terror on her face. He sticks out his finger and he does the come here thing. Come here. And she does very here. slowly and frightened like crawl towards him. He says, tell, tell me. me. And this was, I have, I can't remember the last time I saw something so intense that you had, the camera had to be so up close for in this ring. So intense. It was so quiet. And the audience was just hanging on every ah, second of it. Very intimate. Very intimate. And so quietly intense. And she just leans forward and whispers in his ear. And he does the whole, like, I'm so angry. I'm shaken. I'm shaken. And then it goes to, it, show cuts off. So next week, it looks like we're going to find out who, took down Alistair Black. Everyone, anyone who listens to the show know, who knows who I think it is, mm-hmm. uh, which is Johnny Gargano. I've been calling it since almost day one. I've been saying Johnny Gargano did it because yeah. uh, it would make the most sense in terms of plot and story and it would be cool as hell to have Johnny <laughs> turn heel. Um, so yeah, that's what I think it is. We'll find out next week. All right. Next, we're going to go over and talk about 205 Live. 205 Live. Another good week for 205 Live. Yeah, it started off with a sick match between Gulak and Akira Tozawa. Yeah, dude. That was a, that was a good match. Drew Gulak, is, he, he bit his ear. Well, he had it was crazy. Tozawa in a, in, a, in a submission movie. He started biting on his ear. What got I love into that. him? I love that. I love that Gulak has the ability to be just be so vicious. He's just a dork-looking dude <laughs> when he comes out, but then he gets in the ring. He turns into an absolute psychopath. Come here, I'm gonna get your ear. <laughs> I'm gonna get your ear. Um, so this was uh, this was, uh, I think, a way to further the angle where you know Drew Gulak and Jack Gallagher just recently beat up uh, the Brian Kendrick, kicked him out of their group. Mm-hmm. So Kendrick comes in for the save at the end when Gallagher interferes. Um, so it looks like we're, well, going forward, we'll have Tozawa and uh, and Kendrick teaming up against Gulak and Gallagher. Totally down with that. That sounds like a bunch of great matches. Looking forward to seeing what they do there. Uh, Buddy Murphy's back on the show for the first time since he won the belt in, yeah. uh, in, his, in Australia, in his hometown. Uh, and it was a little segment where he basically told uh, DM the GM, uh, Drake <laughs> Maverick, that uh, he was going to do whatever the heck he wanted and people would have to earn their shot at him. And basically, his buddy Tony Nice, because Tony now is the only other person to have pinned Cedric in the last 365 days. Tony's career is now rehabbed, and he's going to be kind of. I, I, what I took away from the segment was Tony's going to be Buddy's second. He's going to be the guy that he has to people have to get through. He's going to be Sagat, yeah, to to Buddy Murphy's M Bison, if you will. To get through him to get to me, and uh, so Tony Nice is now the enforcer. For Buddy Murphy, if you will, something that was driven home by the main event, which was a fatal five way yeah. between uh, between Tony Nice, Cedric Alexander, TJP, Grand Metalik, and Leo Rush. And by the way, go look, go watch this match. It was absolutely bananas. It's I think the closest I've seen 205 Live get to classic WCW cruiserweight action, mm-hmm. the kind of stuff they used to put on. 
Um, it just feels like that because of the way the production values and everything else. Yeah. But also just that's the pace they kept in this. It was incredible. Really recommend this match if you guys are looking for a good match to watch this week. Um, but it, the the plot was that TJP still having issues with luchadors. He came out with Kalisto's mask around his neck, was trying to go after Grand Metal League's mask. That was what he was doing. And Tony Nese and Cedric still having beef. Tony Nese ends up rolling up Cedric at the end of this uh, for the win. So Cedric still has lost his mojo. Aww. Tony Nese still has his number. And Leo Rush was basically just kind of there. I don't know right. what's going on with him. I don't know Everyone's what Everyone's doing. doing their own thing. Yeah, he's, he's so busy on Monday right now. <laughs> he doesn't, he have, doesn't an have time. He doesn't have an angle. We don't have an angle. Uh, well, and that and Noam Dar is busy over in NXT UK. So that definitely worth checking out. The only other thing of note this week on 205 Live is that Hideo Itami and Mustafa Ali have a last man standing match next week. And they had a couple of dueling promos this week uh, with Itami basically saying, I'm going to end your career. And then anyone who's watched Mustafa Ali's promos, he usually films them himself. He directs them himself. Another fantastic one this week. Yeah. There's a reason he's called the heart of 205 Live. The dude is just such a next level modern baby face. And it's really worth checking out. Really good promo from Mustafa Ali. I am now super psyched to see this last man standing match. I think they're going to tear the house down next week on 205 Live. So worth checking out next week for sure. Well, now that we're done with that. Yes. I'm ready. Are you ready? ready? I am ready. I know you've been looking forward to this one. Yeah. Let's talk about the May Young Classic. All right, let's talk about it. Why don't you why don't you lead it off? Yeah, so we started off with Lacey Lane versus Mako Satamora. And uh, oh, I love these ladies. Really? Oh. You like Lacey Lane? I do. I mean, I don't think she's fully developed yet. Yeah. Obviously. No. But I think she has potential. I'm interested to see how they're going to juxtapose her with Ember Moon or if they're yes. just gonna throw them together. She's kind of like a Mortal Kombat alternate costume for Ember Moon. You know? Yeah, there's a lot of similarity there. Obviously, Ember more developed. I Way really more. like I really like Ember Moon, which is maybe why I have a soft spot for yes. Lacey Lane. That that might be. That may, I know you're a big fan of, of Ember. Uh, and this match actually I thought was was better worked than I had expected mm-hmm. from what I had seen from Lacey from the first two uh, matches. She is still really green. She is green, but you know what? She she did a good job going up against Mako. Obviously, Mako won. Obviously, obviously, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was a good match. They, they worked it well. Mako, I thought, uh, did a good job of letting Lacey get some in. Yes. Um, and it did. It, they did sell it overall as a like a young whippersnapper still learning her craft facing yeah. off against the final boss. Right. Showing a bit of disrespect. Well, and also, well, just b- the gumption, if you will, is what how I took it was. She was just showing like, don't give me any pity. Like I, I'm a, I'm. I got this. I got this. And Mako being like, "You got this." Okay, let me kick your damn head off. I don't got this. Anyway, I don't got this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it was. I, I did think that it, in that sense, it was a well-told story. And I, thought, I thought they did a good job with that aspect of it, um, in terms of making it, making Mako look still totally undefeatable, but making Lacey look like she, she got her licks in. She tried. Yeah. You know what I mean? She, she tried <laughs> to the level that you would expect her to. Yeah. In, in, in that situation. Yeah. But, uh, so then we went on to Io Shirai versus Diana Perrazzo. Yeah. I, and I, I'll be honest with you. I was a little let down with this match. I'm yeah? not going to lie. I, I thought it was good. I just didn't think it was great. I was expecting it to be a lot better than it was. If that makes sense. Yeah, I, I wanted. Can definitely I, I expected see that. to have my mind blown, and instead I was kind of like, all right, that was good. 
it was definitely, uh, I mean, I, I hate to use the word mellow, but it wasn't the most riveting match of it the did night. It seemed a little bit slow, like the energy was a little low in the opening part. I mean, it picked up towards the end, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, but the, the, they definitely seemed like they were moving a little slow at the beginning. Um, they both seemed a little nervous to me at first. Uh, yeah, hesitant or something. Mm-hmm. There was definitely an energy. The energy was a little off at the beginning. I would, I would agree. I, I, I think maybe my expectations have been just blown through the roof by Mercedes Satomura. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that match yeah. was just so freaking good. Everything else, I'm like, what? I'm, I'm done. What else do you got? Right. Well, that was <laughs> one of the matches of the tournament for sure. That was one of the women's matches of the year, if not matches of the year, all around. You know, that was that was. An incredible match. I'm still thinking about that match. Yeah. Uh, that being said, you know, this match did eventually take off. Uh, Io Shirai ends up winning with the moonsault after a pretty, some pretty good sequences trading um, trading submission moves. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had some people in our Facebook discussion group say that they weren't happy with her moonsault because she just seems to miss. Um, and I've, I've seen her do it a lot and she doesn't miss as much. She's missed two out of three times here, basically. Yeah. And... I don't. I don't know how to fix that. I um, feel like she's not gone to her higher gears yet. That too. I don't think Eo's really let loose yet. Um, and I, 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 I don't know if that moonsault should be her finisher, especially if she can't make it consistent in terms of you know landing on them properly. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it does remind me a little bit of of Jeff Hardy. Uh, using the Swanton bomb earlier in his career, where he would just be a little bit off. It wasn't perfect. Every, so yet. It wasn't perfect, and now he just nails it every time. Yeah. Uh, but Eo's experienced enough where I would assume that she'd be able to put it in the right place, and it just doesn't seem to be happening. So I don't know what to chalk that up to, but um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm 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 not worried about Eo Shirai. She's one of the <laughs> best women's wrestlers in the world. I think it's also that we're just holding her to such a high standard because of exactly. her reputation. And she did win here. She did. So yeah. she's got another chance to show us uh, what she can do in those higher gears. She does at least one more chance. And, and if she wins that, then she'll give us two more chances. So fingers crossed there. Um, we also had Tegan Knox versus Rhea Ripley. This match broke my heart. Yeah, well, yeah, this was, this was tough to watch. It uh, was yeah, it was very touched to watch. I, I definitely got teary-eyed during this match. I don't know about you. Um, I made a, I, I did not get teary-eyed. I definitely got... A, it was an emotion. It's hard not to be emotional when you watch this because Tegan Knox was held out of the Mae Young Classic last year uh, for an injury, a leg injury. Yeah, torn ACL. Torn ACL in her right leg. And uh, in this match fairly early on, she did a, a tope suicida to the outside and messed up her left leg. And immediately, you know, was the ref was on it and she was unable to put weight on it and she was crying and screaming about it. But then they, they called the trainers out. And oh, hold she, on, let me interrupt you real please. quickly. She was not crying and screaming. She was obviously in pain. The trainers were called over. She was moaning loudly. Okay, but uh, crying and screaming, I think, gives off the wrong image. Okay. She was if handling herself all right, well. All right, yeah. She was handling herself well. She was trying to continue... In the ring. That's the, that's, yeah. The reps and the trainers came over and, uh, you know, were asking her if she was okay to go. She was obviously legitimately injured. A ton of pain. And she kept saying, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. You could see the determination on her face. She, Let me do it. She gets back up. You can see her trying so hard not to limp. Yeah. To hide the weakness. 
And she goes for another couple minutes or so until, you know... Kudos to she, her and Rhea to keep, with keeping her against the ropes as much as possible absolutely. so she had something to, to be braced on. Like, they did their best as ter- in terms of, be- of workers of keeping her in a place where she could either recover or have something to hold on to to get her balance. At but the it, same time, it didn't look like Rhea was pulling her punches, though. No, I, well, but... Punches is one thing, but she also wasn't going low. She wasn't doing any kicks. That's true. You know what I mean? So that was smart. Is is She has to keep the intensity up. Yeah. Um, I thought it was very smartly worked, but I just don't think it was the best idea to have Tegan go back in because sure enough, she took one suplex and it was done. It was done. Uh, she start, That's when she started legit screaming and crying. Not screaming. She, she was, was crying. She was really, really loudly moaning. She wasn't like <laughs> shrilly like, ah! She was was, not hysterical. She uh, she was pretty dang close. She looked like she was in a ton of pain. In no way am I saying that as a way to say that she was showing weakness. She was showing excruciating pain. Yeah. Uh, She looked like uh, like she was in excruciating pain. And that was when she said, I could not continue. My heart just broke for her there. Do you think it was silly of her to risk further injury by going in after the first time she was injured? I would have done it. I would have done it. If that were my chance, I had missed the time before, I would have done everything I can. And I think she gained a lot of respect by trying. I think so too. But now does she have a future with two bum legs? Do you think that she's going to have any ability to come back? We'll see. I mean, I don't think she put in an an irreparable amount of damage more on her leg by taking that one bump. But only time will tell. Couldn't have helped. <laughs> it couldn't have been good for it. Uh, yeah, I just I keep thinking back to Triple H tearing both his quad or tearing his quads, uh, and then getting put in the walls of Jericho and delivering mm. a pedigree onto a table, like you know, in terms of people just fighting through awful leg injuries. Well, the terrible thing here is that Tegan was rumored to win the whole thing, to win the whole May yeah. Classic, yeah, and. She lost her shot second year in a row. Second year in a row, and it's yeah because she was she was primed for a huge push. So mm-hmm. the the two it's not easy to understate how tragic this was. So Absolutely. very hard to watch, um, and it made it t- it made it hard to watch the next match, which was a really good match, which is Tony Storm versus Mia Yim. Yeah, which was a it was another really solid, very well worked, very well laid out match. Both women worked really well together. Great chemistry. It's just it made it kind of hard to watch that match after what happened to Tegan Knox. Exactly. Uh, and it's too bad because I think that's a match that we could go back and look by itself later on and say, that was really damn good. Which I may actually have to do later. Yeah. Go back and watch it again, you know, Without, outside of <laughs> being so upset for Tegan there. Yeah. No, and I think that it would it would rank among one of the top matches in the tournament so far if it weren't for the context. Yes. Of, of when it came in the show. So that being said, um, Tony Storm does pick up the win over Mia Yim in, in a great match. You know, fantastic back and forth match. Uh, Mia Yim goes out still looking strong because uh, she had the quote unquote injured hand. Yeah. So, and they, were, they, they promoted it as the only reason that she lost is because that injured hand. Great. She keeps looking strong. She's signed to NXT. So right. She looked things. great in this tournament. I'm excited to see more of her in the future. Absolutely. Which you will. She got signed to NXT. Lots of things expected from her. But... Semifinals are set. Uh, Io Shirai versus Rhea Ripley. Mako Satomura versus Tony Storm. 
Uh, what do you think are the best possible outcomes from this? Are you are you more like Shirai Satomura in the finals? Ripley Satomura? Oh man! Storm Ripley, Storm Shirai. Like, what's your what's your dream finals out of these four? Oh, I haven't even thought about it yet, to be honest. Well, think quickly because okay. we're, we're on air. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna say I'm just gonna pull this out and say Satomura versus Ripley. Really? Two you want a powerhouse strong, match? Yes, two very strong, hard hitters just beating the crap out of each other. Yeah. Very different styles. They work in totally different ways, but uh, I think that'd be a great match. I think so too. I think that they'd have to have Satomura win that unless they were ready to push Ripley all oh, the way to yeah. the moon. Absolutely. Because that, as you said, if it's powerhouse versus powerhouse, Satomura would have to take it just because of it. she's freaking Satomura. Satomura is going to be like, you're going to learn today. <laughs> Oh man! Well, we'll see what happens next week on the May Young Classic. Uh, we Wait, also what have to do go you over. Think? What Real do quick, I think? What oh, do you think? What's I know who it is. I can't tell. All right, I've, I've seen spoilers. spoilers. I've seen spoilers. I know who it is, so I can't give it. A, Never mind. I can't give away who who I I would. Although I will say this: who it is is who I would have wanted. Okay. So I will say that. All right. So, well, tell us about Impact then. So we'll yeah, let's go talk about Impact. They had their Bound for Glory pay per view, and I have to say it was it was pretty darn good. It wasn't as good as Slammiversary. Uh, which I thought was a really solid kind of coming out of the new regime at Impact. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't as good as that. They didn't have as many solid matches. They had a lot of tag matches, um, which, you know, isn't always a bad thing, but here it just, I don't know, it didn't seem like they had as many feuds built up to a fever pitch. Uh, not as many as they needed to. But um, uh, I like the way that Scott Diamore and Don Callis are steering the ship overall. They're they're putting out some good stuff. Unfortunately, their ratings are going down. I don't think people are finding impact as much, yeah. which is too bad because they are putting out a pretty solid product right now. And we I know we don't cover them on this show as much as I would like or as much as they maybe deserve, but it's partly because of the audience um, that they have. And I, you know, here they're they're on the back end of our show. And anyone who is still listening to our show at this point, and thank you if thank you, you are. Um, I, I don't know if it's they're doing it because they're impact fans and they're like, I wonder what they have to say about Bound for Glory. Or if, you know, if we're just basically saying, hey, by the way, Impact Bound for Glory happened and people are listening thinking, oh, the Impact's still around? Cool. Well, what happened over there? Well, tweet us and let us know or let us Hit know us in the discussion yeah. group. Like, what do you think about Impact? Anyone, are you watching? Is anyone watching Impact right now? Because you should be, I think. And, and I know that it's, a, it's just a matter of how many hours in the day do you have? You know, right. we, we consume a lot of wrestling to be able to do this show and to be able to really be comprehensive, we'd have, we would have to consume so much more. So I wish I could cover impact more. Uh, but it's just between the, you know, the talking points people want to hear, um, and just the amount of hours in the day, it's not always easy to do that, but I want to cover their bigger stuff. So yeah. like, like bound for glory. Uh, but if you are keeping track, of impact, then uh, you, awesome, cool. Then you know how good it's been, uh, and you also know that the that right now Johnny Impact, uh, also known as Johnny Mundo, also known as John Morrison, also known as Johnny Blackcraft, the million other names he has for whatever promotion he's in, he's all Et over the cetera. place. He had a match against uh, Austin Aries, who's the uh, the Impact champ, and it was a fantastic match. It was really, really good. Uh, one of the better matches on the show, as you would expect for the championship match. And Johnny Impact did beat Austin Aries. He is now your Impact Heavyweight Champion. Dun, da, da, da. Which makes sense if your name is Johnny Impact. Right. You know? <laughs> uh, so 
the funny thing, now the interesting thing about this wasn't necessarily the match or that Johnny Impact won, which was cool. It was the fact that Austin Aries, so before this match, they'd been kind of doing uh, work shoot, kayfabe breaking stuff on Twitter with uh, Johnny Impact making fun of Austin Aries' height and then Austin Aries making fun of Johnny uh, Impact's wife calling her Husky. Oh, no. Um, and she, you know, she wrestles for the company too, Taya Valkyrie. Uh, and, and Austin Aries saying, well, if you're making fun of my height and I can't say something like that about your wife, like who, the, going off on the whole like uh, uh, being offended culture that's going on, yeah. going down that whole rabbit hole and they were going back and forth against each other. They had a brawl during the Hall of Fame ceremony, kind of uh, you know, pushing the boundaries of kayfabe a little bit. Which is fine. Nothing new there. It was it was fun. It was interesting. Uh, they did a good job with it. What did become an interesting talking point was at the end of this match, uh, Aries takes the end of the world, uh, the finishing move of Johnny Impact, and pretty much after getting pinned, pops up almost right away. Right away, no sells the finish. Goes over, flips off Don Callis, and flips off everyone as he walks out, making it seem like he's angry mm-hmm. with the booking of the match. And has since not been seen on TV. And I'm, you know, it's basically everyone is speculating this is a worked shoot. This is, Aries is known as being a very prickly guy. Yeah. And liking to take his ball and go home. <laughs> and so this is, the, the suspicion is, and the scuttlebutt is, this is an angle. But what's, it's, it's, it's remains to be seen how they handle this angle. Because it's very dangerous to, to openly break kayfabe like this to have someone no sell a finishing move that's dangerous to have that mm-hmm. you know to pull back the curtain and say yes these are scripted matches you know at, to, to have a, a meta kayfabe if you will where he's saying i don't like the fact that you booked me to lose this match i have issues with the company then how in the future do you take any matches seriously so do you think this is like too late era wcw or is this yeah, like that's a good way of putting it fun what do you think about this? I, th- I think exactly that, what you just said. It's very later. It's, it's, it's a little bit desperate. I, I don't think you need to... I think they're trying to work the internet fans who might get all riled up about this, and they're trying to work people who uh, want a little bit more grist in mm-hmm. their wrestling. Like They're doing enough crazy stuff on Impact. They don't need to go to this next level, I think. Uh, I think this is a step too far. I think it's very dangerous for them to do this. Well, we'll see how they handle it. We will see how they handle it. Um, we got to run through the rest of the show here. We did have, in my opinion, the match of the show was the women's match, and it was Tessa Blanchard versus Taya Valkyrie, the aforementioned Husky Taya Valkyrie. No, not Husky Taya Valkyrie. There you Shut go. up, Austin. Uh, they had the match of the show. Absolutely bonkers match. So good. I mean, I don't again... You know, shelling out 40 bucks for a pay-per-view is tough. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can find this match at some point, I'm hoping they'll put this match up on YouTube. Or if you can find it on YouTube somewhere, uh, check this match out. It is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, it's the best women's match I've seen in a while, and that's including the stuff I've seen over in NXT and wow. in May Young Classic. It this was, was for the uh, knockout belts? For the knockouts belt. Um, and Tessa Blanchard does retain, but... The other thing I got to say about this is it does drive home the fact how long are we going to keep calling this belt the knockouts belt? This this company is no longer called TNA. Mm-hmm. Do we need to keep calling their women's belt the knockouts belt? Like I I get that they're trying to do a double entendre here, but yeah, let's just call it the damn women's belt. There you go. You know what I mean? Am I wrong? I or, mean, do you, or do you have any problem with the knockouts belt? I don't I, have a lot of problem with it because 
yes, there are two meanings to the word, but knockout is so clearly affiliated with fighting mm-hmm. that it doesn't bother me so much. So okay, so because you you're seeing more of the meaning of that word as fighting related yes, as opposed exactly. to she's a knockout. If it were called the bombshell belt, I'd have more of a problem with it. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Uh, well, then moving on really quickly, run down the rest of the card here. Uh, Sammy Callahan and OVE defeated the Lucha Brothers, which is Phoenix and Penta and ZOM and Brian Cage. Uh, this was basically just a setup for a Cage Callahan X Division match down the way. Uh, it was a fun match, but that's all it was, was just a way to sell that we're going to have Cage Callahan down the road, which I'm all about because those guys, I've seen them have some wars. And they're real good. I hope they let him go off the off the off the chain again, because <laughs> uh, yeah, just put him in a hardcore match or something. Uh, speaking of hardcore matches, LAX had a match against the OGs. They beat them. It was a concrete jungle death match. Excuse you. Thank you. Uh, it was one of the most original hardcore matches I've seen in a while. It was. It actually legit looked dangerous. They took the canvas off the mat. They took the the apron off the ring. Uh, they took the turnbuckles off the ropes. Mm-hmm. So was, everything was just bare. Jeez. And then, of course, we just had a normal death match with everything. <laughs> like, it just, it looked nastier. It looked dirtier and, and yeah. more hardcore. And it was, they've had, a, these guys have had a lot of matches together. So that, I think, was the selling point of this match because we've seen them fight time and time again. But it was really cool looking. I'll put it that way. Uh, something I think other people should look at. Like, that was a really cool way of making the match without... Making it too much more dangerous, made it probably made it a little bit more dangerous, but without making it too much more dangerous, made it look and feel really more dangerous. Who won that one? Uh, the LAX did. LAX did. Uh, Eddie Edwards was, uh, he had a match with Tommy Dreamer against Killer Cross and Moose. Uh, this was initially supposed to be a one-on-one match. Eddie Edwards versus Moose ended up being, being a tag match. I think we're going to have Eddie Edwards and Moose down the way. Kind of a pity this one was a tag match. We also had... Um, a weird little insert. Uh, if you watch Impact at all, you know that every once in a while they get very Lucha Underground and we get some magical reality, Mortal Kombat storytelling kind of stuff. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> if you if you don't watch Impact, this will sound weird. But uh, Allie went to the Undead Realm to save Kira Hogan from the evil Sue Young and things got weird. There's lots Naturally. of hatcheting people and blood flying everywhere and a oh magical, magical battle between Allie and Sue Young and and Rosemary showed back up in the undead realm, also known as hell or whatever you want to call it. Rosemary, who's been injured for a while, showed back was up. Her so was her baby there? To see, good to see her there. Ha, ha, ha. Um, good one, though. Good good Halloween reference. I like that. Um, so that was just a weird one. I don't know. It was. It, I don't know if it was too weird. I think it might have gone too weird. It's hard to then come back to reality in the matches. Like Lucha Underground walks that line. I think this was even too goony for Lucha Underground. That's yeah. how crazy this was. Well, that's Lucha's thing. And when you start taking it to other places, it just feels a little like, Ooh. well, it's, it's the thing with Lucha Underground is it's, that's, it's consistent across the whole yes. promotion. Exactly. If you just shoehorn it into a, like a little segment, it's like with Bray Wyatt. Sometimes he worked, sometimes he didn't. Because of you know how much you buy into the magical reality of Bray Wyatt, like sometimes yeah. he can appear as a ghost, and sometimes he's just a dude who can be beaten by a stunner. You know what I mean? Sometimes so you- he's a lady nun. <laughs> yes, sometimes he's Sister Abigail, a uh, hot topic queen. But um, we also had uh, the Mac and Rich Swan defeating uh, Matt Seidel and Ethan Page, and uh, Abyss. Got had got he just got a uh, abyss just got inducted into the Impact Hall of Fame. He got a Hall of Fame moment because he got to choke slam Eli Drake through a table, 
after Eli Drake had an open challenge and was uh, he, uh, he Ellsworth came out to his open challenge. Oh, Ellsworth. He, yeah, Ellsworth came out. Uh, he crushed Ellsworth and then Abyss, Abyss came along and crushed him. I actually heard that it wasn't supposed to be Ellsworth. Originally, it was supposed to be Joey Janela. Right. Who, as you know, just destroyed his knee. Yes. Recently, and then they could so they couldn't get him. And I guess they tried to get Loki, and Loki wasn't available either, which is probably a good thing because that man shouldn't be fighting fighting anywhere outside of a jail cell. Um, so then we ended up getting what we got. So Ellsworth. Yeah, else we got Ellsworth. Which <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, fight me. I like Ellsworth. Um, so yeah, that was it for Impact. Oh, well, let's head over and talk about the other news. Yeah, the lightning round. We had uh, cool. NXT UK. Yeah, quick, quick rundown of NXT UK. I'm, I apologize to everyone. You and I had a, a crazy schedule this week, and obviously Nick had a crazy schedule. It's been madness, so we weren't able to watch everything this week, but I can give you a quick rundown on NXT UK, which which debuted this week on Wednesdays. Wednesdays, in my opinion, is now the day to watch. Yeah. If you're sick of the main roster, you don't have to give up on WWE. Go to Wednesdays. You got 205 Live, May Young, NXT, and now NXT UK. You have nothing but good wrestling. Change your work schedule, friends. Change your work schedule. Uh, change your viewing schedule. But NXT UK was great. You had Mark Andrews and Joe Coffey. Uh, you had uh, Dave Mastiff. And Sid Scala. Dave Mastiff is a big boy. His name isn't Mastiff for nothing. No, I, that's, that's a guy I think Nick's going to like. If, if When Nick gets around to watching NXT UK, that's going to be his Nick boy. Nick likes big boys. Nick, Nick likes the big man. <laughs> he likes the big sweaty mans with the big hairy, hairy arms. He's going to edit this part out. No, he's not. He's going to leave this in because he knows it's right. He's, he, he better get his ass back on the show so he can retort to me <laughs> about this. Because, you know, uh, he can't retort. He knows it's true. Yep. He knows it's true. He lacks the big sweaty mans. Uh, you also had Tony Storm having a match against Nina Samuels. Tony Storm's going to be one of the big stars over there in NXT UK. Yeah, I'm obviously. Calling it right now. And then the main event of this uh, of this one was Pete Dunne versus Noam Dar for the UK belt. Oh, yeah. My match of the week. So good. And that's, that's, that's saying something. We had some good stuff this week. Go watch NXT UK. Pete Dunne versus Noam Dar alone is worth the watch. Very bright things in NXT UK's future, I think. It and being filmed where it's filmed, it's gorgeous. It looks great. Um, off to a great start. I think that they learned, I think, a few lessons from 205 Live, and they didn't try to push this out the door before they were sure what they had and what yes. they could do with it. So big, uh, big props to them. And then uh, finally, not a lot of other news this week. As I said, we had a kind of a crazy week in terms of research. Uh, but final news this week, NXT has released three of its, uh, of its members and some interesting names here. You had Gabriel Ely, uh, which is one half of the Ely twins. Remember, we released Uriel Ely back in the early summer, mm-hmm. and uh, and and we were speculating on what they were going to do with the other twin. But one of the you know the whole selling point is that they're twins. Why bye release bye. one twin and not the other? Well, now you have your answer. Bye bye, other twin. Um, and then we also had Tian Bing, who we saw earlier and forgot about. <laughs> Right, and apparently they forgot him. They just so they just gave him a TV match, and then they released him. So something happened there, and I'm curious to know what happened with Tian Bing because he was like a he was a big acquisition for them. He was in the he was in the uh, uh, under the giant battle royale at WrestleMania. Yeah. We'll have to search the interwebs for I the tried. answers. And I, there's no, I mean, it just it just happened. So there's no word on what the reason was for Tian Bing yet. 
Uh, but as soon as we know, I'm going to find out. That's what I'm really curious about. That seems like a, a, a big loss. And then they also released Justin Chang, who had a dark match and hasn't really done a whole lot. So I didn't. I didn't. He's the one I didn't know. Not not the big name. He's not a very interesting name for me. But yeah, I'll research Tian Bing and try to figure out what happened to him. Well, you guys, you have to stay tuned next week because uh, we're going to have the go home shows for Evolution. And more. And more. And, and also, more. And, and we got the go-home show for Evolution. We've also got we got to talk about what's happening in New Japan, Ring of Honor, lots more stuff. Uh, I'll, have, I'll have a lot more time this week to do some research and get some more stuff. See if any more information comes show. out about uh, Crown Jewel. Yeah, see what the status is with that. There's a lot of reasons to come back and listen to our show this next Thursday. Uh, hopefully, we'll have Nick back by that point. It will depend on his... Uh, his technical situation, as far as his his internet ability <laughs> out there in North Carolina, he's a, he's in a bit of limbo right now. If not, we will have the lovely Judith Brooke back with us next week. Uh, but that being said, yeah, please go check us out uh, on your social medias. We are on the Facebook on the Facebooks in our Facebook discussion group. Uh, we are on Twitter at bwo podcast, and please support the show on Patreon at patreon.com patreon.com forward slash bwo. Uh, and in addition, YouTube, you can check us out on YouTube forward slash uh, C forward slash busted wide open. Uh, and, you know, while I have a quick second, JB, I hope you'll you'll forgive me. Oh, oh my. What's while I jump in, at, jump in at the end of this show. A little bit of a self-promotion, if you will. Oh. Uh, in addition to wrestling, I'm also a big fan of horror movies and I'm doing a horror movie 31 for 31 marathon this very October. And I'm doing a podcast about yeah, it on about the it. orbital jigsaw network on the orbital jigsaw network the podcast is called horror palooza and you can find it on itunes stitcher google play uh spotify all kinds of platforms if you're into horror movies and you want to hear what i'm watching i also get to do some top 10 lists uh and a lot of other fun stuff as well it's a very fun little program so come check that out if you would like to uh to hear what else i'm up to do you have anything that you'd like to promote there jb while you have a second oh well you can find me on twitter at judith brooke and instagram that's where i post the most at judith brooke j-u-d-y-t-h-b-r-o-o-k-e to see what i'm up to uh you can catch me on the females unfiltered show next week and uh yeah where can they find the females unfiltered show where's the best way to, to catch that uh type it in youtube type it in google it has a website femalesunfiltered.com you can find us everywhere, Facebook as well. Fantastic. Well, I am uh, I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God, would somebody stop the damn bat? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.